Hey guys, hey. Okay, so I am just taking a little time away from my usual videos and my usual content and the lives that I do to have a little chit chat with uh, some women, some dynamic women around the world, starting with Janine. And I really wanted to capture just the everyday woman who is doing amazing things, whether in their career, um, in their general life, their personal life, um, in business in general. So entrepreneurs are just the average professional and capture the essence of who they are, but also capture a bit of how they're leading their life and others around the world. So today I introduce you to Janine, who's a psychotherapist. She's an entrepreneur. She does amazing things in London and across the Caribbean. And I really wanted her to share a little bit about herself, her story, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of who Janine really is. So Janine, hey, hey. hey, how are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Yourself? Um... I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I think, I think I'm pretty good. Um, give me three words that describes Janine. Who is, (laughs) who is Janine? I think the first word has to be talkative. Okay. (laughs) So I said, when you you asked me for three words, I was like, I don't know if I could just do three. Um, talkative, creative, and hmm. driven driven okay yes. talkative creative and driven and mm. do you think that these three words have been reflected in your career over the years do you think you have truly been able to capture that in janine wilson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that my so I'm 35. Let's start off there. Okay. Um, I think in my 30 plus, mm-hmm. the the driven side of me has definitely started to come out a lot more. Right. Um, but I think the creative and the talkative, especially as I'm a psychotherapist, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Yeah. <laughs> um, the talkative part and the creative part has been there all along. Right. Okay. Mm. So tell me about 13 year old Janine. We're going 13. way back. 13. We're going way back. We're going 13. way. <laughs> I wasn't even ready. I feel like I need to sit back. Um, 13-year-old Janine. 13-year-old Janine was in a, um, a private secondary school mm-hmm. in Kent. Oh, nice. Uh, I to, yeah, in Kent. I went to school in Kent. You went to school in Kent. Big up. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it was in a private secondary school in Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, 13-year-old Janine was definitely trying to find who Janine was as mm. I was one of about four black girls. I went mm. to an all-girls school. Right. Um, I was one of four black girls in my year. Mm. Um, probably one of maybe 10 in the whole school. Right. Um, and I was definitely trying to find what it was to be Janine. So I always had natural hair, so I had plaits and, you know, everybody wanted to know what, what this what was. What was that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, How yeah. come you, you know, how come you, how come your plaits are like that? They don't look like the weave or they don't look like the extensions or whatever. So there was that. Mm. Um, 
and there was just finding finding myself in terms of who I was in school when I was that person when I was you know and then also who I was out of school because I had you know it was my parents are Guyanese it's Guyanese culture yes you know all of those things it it almost like I had two different sides of me at at age 13 I would say it was like two different worlds and you almost had to fit into both exactly exactly which sometimes worked and sometimes was a bit mad (laughs) so crazy question here but do you think your 13 year old self will be proud of janine today and why yes yes i decided this <laughs> um i just said do you know what this is so i i always think there are no mistakes there are no coincidences in life and this is actually something that i was thinking about a couple of weeks ago when mm. i was talking to somebody about doing what we call inner child work right so where you actually have conversations with your inner child so right. you go back and you have conversations at 35 with 13 year old you for example mm. and i'm explaining why that's really important because at times there can be things that we haven't healed from mm. at, you know 13 year old you there can be hurts and pains and traumas that we're still holding on to right. as women as well um from that time so i actually was saying to myself the other day i think i would be 13 year old me would think I was, for want of a better term, badding up the game. <laughs> Love 13, it. Yeah, because 13-year-old me, um, while I was quite confident in myself and I was able mm. to say what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, I, I was still very, I had moments of doubt. Mm. So even though people would tell me, oh, Janine, you're really good at, at drama. Yeah. I would, I would think I was good at drama. Drama, yeah. Would tell me I was good at drama. But would I really believe to myself that I could do it? Mm. And I think that now, looking back, it would be like, well, yeah, actually you did. And you're not even finished yet because you're only 35. Yeah, you're just getting started in a sense, yeah? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Wow. And so for you, what did success look like at 13 versus what it looks like now? Like when you think of success... Do you yeah. think you've gotten it and or is there some level of it you've achieved and was it the, is it the same as how you thought of it back then? Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like you're just in my mind because this, <laughs> this, this was literally a thought I had yesterday about the differences between career success and personal success. That's it. Um, you know, and the fact that I think from a career success standpoint, there's definitely you know, more things I want to do, more things I want to achieve. But if I was to say at 35, do I feel like I have succeeded? I would say yes. Okay. In terms of yeah. I've met my, you know, I've, I've got my goal in terms of training as a cognitive behavioral psychotherapist. I've got my goal in terms of training as a drama therapist. I'm, I've got different uh, passion projects, which are turning themselves into businesses, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So from a career standpoint, I feel like, yeah, all right, Jay. <laughs> You're doing <laughs> it's not it. Too bad. I'm all right. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's interesting. And then you go to the flip where you think about personal successes. Mm. And I go back and I look at, because I've, I've always been a diary writer. Right. And I go back and I look at my diaries from when I was younger, you know, and it was like, well, by 25, I'll be married. I'll have two twin, I'll have two, um, twin boys. They'll be called this and they'll be called this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll have a lovely house and, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
And I think it's very easy to think that, okay, because you haven't got that, because I have not fulfilled that part of my goal as yet. Right. It can be easy to slip into that kind of failure mindset. I think there's mm. a lot of, you know, it just in society in general from a woman, you know, the from pressure, a woman, pressure, yeah. The, the pressure, you know, yeah. you're 35, you're not married yet, you haven't got any kids yet, or, you know, once you hit 30, you're getting over the hill for them babies, mm. Mm. all of those different things. Um, and there was, a, there was a, a picture that somebody, you know, those things that people pass, pass, uh, pass around on social media, yeah. and it said, um, it said, I went back to school at 35, I did my first squat at 36, I wrote my first book at 40 right. and I am being a parent at 46. Nice. And it was just like, people just need to get yeah. rid of those timelines and just do you. That is so interesting that you should say that because oftentimes it's so, it's so funny because like when you're younger, when you're a younger female, oftentimes mm-hmm. you're told, no, 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 you got time. You too, you young, you, you know, let life happen, you know? Yeah. And yep. It's all these things that we hear, whether it's from family, friends, society in general. And then from the time you hit a certain age, it's like, no, 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 what are you waiting on? Hurry yeah, up. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But didn't you tell me a couple of minutes ago that I had all the time in the world? In the world. <laughs> it was <laughs> literally yesterday. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. How do you feel that pressure building? Like, what do you think in terms of how females are viewed as to what they're meant to do? Because I feel like even as a new mother, I am I'm meant to fill all these roles, all these boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm meant to do it and, and not only fill them, but do them pretty perfectly. Yeah. So to speak, perfectly. <laughs> you know, so like, how do you feel yeah. about the woman's role in society just in general? Like, what is that? What is that for you? Or what does that look like? Like the woman, the women's role in society at the moment is almost as if we are set up to fail mm. from the jump. So, and when I say, I'm not saying that we do fail, I'm just saying we are set up to. Ooh, right. So, like you say, if we decide as a, if, if as a woman I decide that I want to focus on my career, right? Clearly, I may not have the nine months to sit down and put up my foot and have a baby for example right. so yeah. i may have to focus on the career yeah and then you'll have oh but are you sure you don't want kids oh but mm-hmm. are you sure you know make sure don't work too much you know because you know you won't have you won't be able to do all these things and then if you do decide to be the you know let's let's call it a housewife let's say if you do decide to stay at home have children maybe put the career on the back burner it's then oh all those brains going to waste Mm. Oh, it's such a shame that you, that you cut, you know, and then if you do try and inverted commas, have it all, all yeah. even then it's a problem. It's yeah. an issue. Oh, you know, this, she should spend more time with her family. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, she's never in the office. Well, which one do you want? Want, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not Pick sure which one. one you want. Pick one. Yeah, I yeah, you yeah. know. And I think, but what I, what I do think is a good thing, and I actually think you're a fantastic example, is that more and more people are deciding, women are deciding, A, I have control of my own body, mm. and I can do with my body what I wish. Mm. And actually, this idea of I can have it all is possible. Yeah. It may not be yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, there are many people doing it all that have millions in the bank. 
True. It's probably a lot easier to do it all when you have millions in the bank because you can have nanny, you can have cook, chef, That's you it. know, cleaner, maid, blah, 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 blah. But you made, you know, when you're working, you know, nine to five, entrepreneur, you know, doing entrepreneurship, et cetera, et cetera, it can be quite difficult to, to fulfill all of those roles. Mm. Um, but I think as women, we're definitely in a place where more women are showing an example of we can do it. Yeah. We can work and have children. We can have a career and look after our families. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, I think there's a shift, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah. I think, I think generally women are taking back control. Women are deciding mm-hmm. rather that there's no need to put themselves in a box and yeah. they will craft the kind of lifestyle they desire based on what they actually want to do and not what they're yes. being told. I mean, yes. And, and I say that generally, I know there's some women who may not necessarily feel that way or have the confidence mm-hmm. to do that, but I think it's shifting. And so, I think what you said there is a, is a key point, you know, the confidence. Yeah. Because when I, sometimes when I look back, I think to myself, when I was in that moment and in that time, I may not have realized what I was doing. Right. And now looking back, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you actually were crafting a, a, a path there. Yeah. You were actually making a decision for yourself that helped you in the long run. So I think when I speak to women now, I feel like sometimes they lack the confidence to know that what they're doing and the decisions they're making at the moment are actually really good. Exactly. Exactly. You know? It's so interesting. I really like talking to you, you know. So tell me a little bit more about your professional the professional side of you what does that look Mm -hmm. like so the professional side is uh i like to do lots of things well okay (laughs) so and and i split that into two i would say two parts so i'm a i'm a psychotherapist right is my main my main role in life Mm -hmm. um and i'm a and i'm a creative practitioner Okay. And pretty much all of my main projects and bodies of work have got in some way to either do with the creative practitioner side of myself mm-hmm. or the psychotherapist side of myself. Okay. Um, so part time, I'm I'm employed by the National Health uh, the National Health Service NHS in the UK. Okay. Um, I work for a child and adolescent mental health services. Um, organization I work with children and young people that have moderate to severe mental health difficulties so whether that be anxiety depression um, early onset psychosis OCD etc etc and then my kind of other half is my freelance practices so I have a freelance practice called Creative Lotus okay and we provide therapeutic services for children young people and families um, and for me, Creative Losis is really about access. Right. So there are lots of people. I, I love to work with black people within the community as well in terms of access to therapy. Okay. So it may be very simple to say, oh, you know, you're feeling anxious, go see a therapist. Well, unfortunately, there's still a lot of stigma around mental health in the, in the I would say, in the black community you know, in the UK, obviously I'm speaking about London and things like that as well. Um, so making sure that there's access, it can also be very easy to say, go and access psychotherapy. But for, for some psychotherapists, it can be 90 pounds an hour. It can be 150 yeah. pounds an hour. So it's yeah. also about making sure that, you know, families have 
actual access there's equality in being able to access these services so it's not just oh because i can give you the leaflet that means you can access it actually if you don't have 90 pound a week yeah to to, to do this then actually you know what are you going to do so i think it's important to think about um how you can actually work with people to make sure they can access these particular uh you know therapies so we work on a sliding scale system so for example if you're um if you've got if you're if you have access to benefits um you know if you're from a low income household etc etc we make sure that you can access therapy that's affordable for you as well nice and then we also do workshops seminars we offer consultation to external organizations creative lotus has done some work with yourselves i am a girl barbados which is amazing um and we just continue to to try and advocate for children and young people to make sure that their voice is always heard because it can often be lost yeah and for you why do you think that stigma exists why do you think mental health isn't taken as seriously especially in women and girls I think we are in a place where we, from from a British standpoint, we keep calm and we carry on. Mm. Um, you know, actually, it can't be that bad. I'm sure it's fine. Mm. I'm sure all will be well. Right. <laughs> you know, just pat on the back. They're there. And let's keep it moving. Mm. Um, I think that that is, is one of the issues. I also think I'm going to talk about within the black community. I think there's a lot, we're steeped in not wanting to be in people's business. Mm. We're steeped in not wanting to have conversations about difficult topics. Women and girls, I think generally throughout history, we have been silenced. Right. I think, you know, our voices are often not important. Mm. So from a, from an intersectionality perspective, when you then have woman, you then have black woman, mm. um, you, you know, maybe put age into there as well as another section. You, in a way, you're, you're, you're moving further and further down the pole in terms of how many people will actually listen to you right. and actually validate your experiences. Mm. And I think that that is, that's really one of the main issues is that I think as from, from a women and girls perspective, we have to make sure we listen to each other mm. and we validate and we support and we say, if you are finding it difficult to deal with this particular situation, that doesn't make you weak. Right. That, you know, that's, that this makes it that you're able to share your vulnerabilities. Mm. That, that's really what it, that's really what this, this is. Um, I also think it's about us not necessarily, sorry, I think this generation, um, I, I would say I thank millennials. I'm kind of like just at the tip, tip, tip top of the millennial bracket. So I can kind of take a little, <laughs> a little thanks from it. Um, but I think millennials are a lot better at asking for the help they desire. So there's a lot more people accessing therapy, a lot more people asking for the help they need, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very rare because the generation above that believes that you should just get over it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just get over it. Were you worried? Yeah, about? just get over it. You know, yeah. I was, I was working all these hours, and I didn't have to speak to anybody, and I was perfectly fine. But unfortunately, you weren't perfectly fine because we're still trying to break generational trauma mm-hmm. from your experiences. 
Mm. Yeah. Things that we now see as domestic violence, domestic abuse, things that we now see that the way our parents or our parents' parents might have been treated, we're now able to say as women and girls, that's not all right. Right. And I think that's something that we weren't able to say. If we were to go to our mums and our grands now and kind of say, oh, you know, when this person spoke to you like that, you know, that wasn't all right. Right. Exactly. When, you know, you hit your children in this particular way, you know, that's not all right. I think those, those are the changes that we're starting to see. And I think they're good changes. Yeah. I think it, for you, how long do you think it will take, like truly take for women in general to feel like, you know, I can get this support. I can lean on other women. Cause you know, in society, especially in our careers, oftentimes we communicate with work, with partner, with other women. Um, and oftentimes, sometimes we shy away from partnering with other women because of this back and forth pull. So how long do you feel like society will take to truly shift that mindset that women can work together effectively and lead different things in different ways as a unit? Or maybe you might think it's impossible. <laughs> well, this, yeah, well, this is the thing. Do you know what I was going to say? I feel that there's... I'm a Libra, so my scales are tipping. Um, the optim, the, no, let me start with the pessimist. The glass half empty pessimist mm-hmm. in me right. says society actually doesn't want us to work together because I feel when people work together, we can push away a lot of the the kind of the evils that are in the world. If that right. makes sense. Right, right, right. So the pes- so the pessimist, as I say, the half empty glass doesn't think oh it feels bad to say it, but <laughs> no, it's just fine. like doesn't think we're yeah, it just doesn't think that we'll actually ever really get to a place of harmony and one accord. Right. The optimist in me, <laughs> the glass half full overflowing. Yeah. Says that actually, I think it's enough that we're already there in terms Mm. of, even if we said out of a hundred women, the 50 women, for example, that are supporting each other, helping, listening, supporting, giving empathy, blah, 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 is amazing. And I think that should be celebrated in itself. Right. So I, so I'm kind of on both, I'm on both sides of it in a way, in terms of how long. (laughs) okay so tracking back to the different um parts of janine professionally so there's Mm -hmm. the psychotherapy part and then there's the creative part yep tell me about any challenges you may have faced over the years um in either of those parts of you whether the career janine the entrepreneur janine whatever Mm -hmm. ventures you've had over the years what are some challenges that you faced my biggest challenge has been myself Mm. in terms of my levels of procrastination right if procrastination was an olympic sport i would be a gold medalist like (laughs) at the front holding my medal like middle podium because (laughs) I just, I, I'm very good at finding absolutely anything else to do other than the thing that might actually get me where I need to be. Cool. That, that's right. definitely something that's, that's happened for me over the years. Um, 
ment- mentorship was really important at that point. Okay. Making sure that I was able to get somebody that could help me support me goals wise. Um, so challenges are different, like I say, procrastination. And I think that that procrastination came from me doubting myself. Right. So me thinking, um, you know, for example, I do a podcast, me thinking, oh, oh why would anybody want to listen to me? Stopped mm. my podcast from really starting until probably last year. I did right. a radio show, a radio show at one point. Oh, who would who would really want to listen to anything I have to say? Mm. That stopped me. You know, writing things, um, starting my own private practice. Oh, who would want to come to me when they could go to all these other places that are already open and running wonderful businesses? So that little self doubt, little demon that likes to sit on your shoulder and say, "Nah, nah." Anna, there's someone else doing this that's a lot better. Mm. That's definitely been a challenge. So I hear you talk about mentorship, but mm-hmm. generally, because I'm hearing you saying mindset is at the core of what challenge you are, what challenge to push you in doing things maybe faster or better or even starting in general. And you, mm-hmm. you mentioned mentorship, but I'm wondering, is there any other tips you could share that helped you to shift your mindset, shift how you were thinking about different things? Yeah. Um, So as I said, mentorship, secondly, journaling. Mm. So um, I think probably the cognitive behavioral part of me, um, there's a part of cognitive behavior therapy that talks about fact finding and evidence. Mm. And I think that is something that I try to lead with. So every single time that little voice came into my head, oh, why do this? Why do that? Or what you say doesn't make sense or, you know, whatever. Right. I started to journal. So for example, at the beginning of uh, 2019, I would have had a journal saying that I wanted to do these different goals or I wanted to, you know, whatever I wanted to achieve. Yeah. And I would purposely make sure that every three months, I didn't do it monthly because I'm also, I also can slip into this. Oh yeah, but that's still not good enough. Nah, nah, nah. Mm. You got a bit of a perfectionist. Oh, no, no, no. But you, okay. Yeah, you did that. But, you know, I've always got a, but there's something else better you could be doing. Right. So what I just made sure was that I was just writing. I was journaling. I was writing things down. I was writing what I was feeling, thinking where I, where I felt like I was in life at that time. And every couple of months, I was just going back and I was looking at where I was in that moment in relation to where I was when I'd written that journal entry. Mm. And making sure that I was saying, oh, actually, okay. There was yeah, a shift. That has changed. Yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that's what I mean by that fact finding evidence, because it's when you're not writing it down and you're not taking stock of it, it's very easy. Like I say, for that little demon to pop back up and be like, oh yeah, but you ain't really done much. Mm. Actually, if you're writing it down and looking at these, I'm a list lover as well. And you're looking at these lists and you're like, oh, okay, I did that. I did that. I did that. You're able to live more in that prison of I'm, I'm doing something and it's looking good. Yeah. I, I, totally agree with that i i know for myself for example if i don't write let's say for a particular month what goals am i achieving this month how am i gonna Mm -hmm. achieve it what's the steps i'm gonna take to achieve it and then tick off as i am doing it or sometimes i might Mm -hmm. go back like a couple weeks later and be like oh you did that and oh you did did that that. (laughs) yeah and actually i think it's really important to reward i think as adults 
we don't reward we don't reward ourselves enough mm. you know we think that rewards are for children you know and i'm not saying reward you're like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna make 500 pound and then i'm gonna go spend that 500 pound on a bag no yeah but i'm saying if you're you know set up be yourself smart. and say okay <laughs> yeah be smart set up yourself and say okay when i achieve these 10 things i'm going to reward myself by doing this right um, you know, so, so yeah, I think that's, that's really important. So mentorship, um, as I say, journaling, journaling. Mm-hmm. and I would say the last thing for me from a, from a supporting standpoint is I'm a vision boarder. Okay. Um, and I'm, you know, I get, get my, uh, get my pictures, get my images and I write things down. Um, and I create a vision board and it's just every morning, whether it's 10 seconds, whether it's 10 minutes, I just spend a little time with my vision board, just kind of looking, okay, this is what you're looking. All right. Sometimes I meditate over it. Sometimes I just literally look at it and keep the day moving. But I just think keeping what you're aiming for in your focus. And I'm quite right. a visual person as well. So I think keeping your, what you're aiming for in your focus on a daily basis I think it's really important. Hmm. So thinking now, so this is now shifting the challenges perspective. So we talked about you and how your mindset was, was a bit of a challenge for you and your career and how you kind of mm-hmm. shifted that based on some things that key things that you did. Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk to you about the flip of that. Is there any in your entire span of career is there any experiences you've had where through a gender lens where you've had to battle any issues regarding your gender in the workplace and yes. or have seen it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Can you share at least one story of, yeah. of, of that? Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult to share the story without having to, without connecting gender and ethnicity or gender okay. and race. Okay. Um, but I think, but I do still think it is, there's, there's still more of a gender element to it as well. So right. I'm i I'm a team leader in an NHS setting. Um, and for, you know, people that know me know that I'm quite direct. Um, I'm very clear in what I want and I will tell you what I want and how I want it done. Okay. Now I have seen in many situations in which my directness has been described as aggression, has mm. been in, has been described as uh, you know not being very nice, uh, being intimidating, for example. But then, if a male were to do the same thing, or to request something in, with the same direct tone, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it wouldn't be seen in the same light. Mm. Um, and there's definitely a situation where I've gone into a senior leadership meeting where I was the only female in the senior, senior leadership meeting. Mm-hmm. And I definitely had a feeling of being silenced. Mm. So it was almost as if, well, you can give your opinion when we ask for your opinion, but actually right now, these are the heads that are speaking. Right. And actually it's for you, little miss, to take a seat until we are ready to speak with you. Right. And when I decided that that wasn't what I was going to do, and I shared my, you know, shared my commentary, shared my thoughts. Again, it was around children and young people and 
like I say, for me, I'm an advocate for ensuring that the child's voice is heard. And I just felt that it wasn't being heard at that moment. And when I shared that, that, you know, shared my thought, etc. after the meeting, I was told by one of the male uh, people in the meeting, oh, you know, well, sometimes you can come across a bit abrasive. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I kind of thought to myself, interesting. And I said, well, how, you know, how do you mean abrasive? Oh, well, you know, I, I just felt that there was, there were some better ways that you could have put across your points. And I said, okay, you're always open for feedback. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, you let me know in what way you think it would have been better for me to to put across my points. And up until this day, Mm. he has not been able to actually give me any Any constructive feedback feedback or constructive criticism to explain as to how it would have been better for me to get across my my points. Mm. And for me, and I've, I've been in that situation quite a lot in which the only thing it can come down to because there were other people in the room shouting, there was banging fists on tables. There was, there was a lot of, you know, gesticulation all over, but I was the one who was being abrasive Abrasive. and aggressive and, you know, so I think when you are a woman in leadership, when you mean business, when you can walk in and you can hold your own, I think it's important for women to know and feel that, they may come up against some resistance, right? but as long as they feel like they are fighting for the cause they need to fight for in the way they need to fight for it, hold your own. Yeah. What? Cause I, ugh, we could talk about this forever, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause things like that really, it really gets to me when we are almost meant to be put in our place and we are meant to act a certain way and sit a certain way and dress a certain way and appease Mm -hmm. in in a certain Mm -hmm. way. So that's another conversation maybe for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Forever. But from the leadership perspective now, what would you say are some of the key shifts you've had over the years? Like, is there anything, of course you've learned that even in situations like that you really had to develop the skill of leading Mm -hmm. even in settings like that that you Mm -hmm, can share mm -hmm. one of the main things i've learned is that and it probably sounds very obvious saying it but everybody does not think like you think Mm. everybody does not does not need the same leadership style as you have to give right. for example um you know when you think of learning styles you know the different way people learn through doing through writing through pictures through you know di- different ways of of learning and i've i've learned that i think when i when i first my first kind of team leader position i was very much well this is how i lead like yeah if if you can't work with that then we just can't work together yeah, <laughs> I think in the earlys it was very much like that, and actually over time I've realised. Well, you know what, Janine, this person needs that, you know, kind of tough, hard line, boundaried way. This right. person needs a bit more softness and a bit more mm. talking. This person needs you to actually be on them task by task by task. Right. And learning that difference in terms of how you 
how you lead different people. So going in and, you know, bulldozing in and just saying, well, this is my team and this is how I lead it and everybody work into line isn't going to work. work. No, no, no. And I think when I first, first started leading teams and do, you know, project managing and things like that, I think that was definitely a way I was quite blinkered in that way. Right. Um, and I think that over the years, that's something that I've learned that needs to shift. And it's still a work in progress. Yeah. And I think you made an extremely good point. Understanding, a big part of leadership is understanding others as opposed to others mm-hmm. understanding how you, how you function as a leader, right? Yes. It's more yes. about understanding their personality, their different experiences, mm-hmm. what they like and don't like. And I think part of that is the burden of leadership because you're, yeah. it's your responsibility to know what works for them as opposed to the other way around, right? Exactly, exactly. Maybe this is a key point that many people do not recognize until later because not what you said at the beginning, it wasn't that way. And then there was like a shift mm-hmm. when you realize, wait, hang on, maybe I need to speak to this person differently or do something mm-hmm. like this person differently. So my question to you is, how important do you think is developing yourself as a leader, not necessarily having the title? Because oftentimes mm-hmm. when we're thrown in as leaders, we are given a title and we have to figure it out, you know, as we go. So I think mm-hmm. my question to you would be how, how important do you think developing that skill and having training for that skill and, learning a little more about what that means before you maybe get into a position where you have to supervise Mm -hmm. others like how important do you think that is and why yeah hugely important for again from the from the team leader position that i'm in at the moment i was thrown in as like acting team leader right and then we never found anybody and then i ended up interviewing and got the post so you know, I was thrown in as a, oh, you know, you'll just, you'll just be acting for a couple of weeks, couple of months, and that, you know, which turned into a year, which turned into three years. Um, and I was definitely thrown in the deep end. Number one, going from peer or going from colleagues to team leading those colleagues is a whole minefield in itself. So this is no longer the person that, you know, your colleague can come in and say, oh, I was late because I fell asleep. Blah, blah, blah. they can't come and have that conversation with you anymore because actually now you're the team leader you can't come and tell your team leader the same information that you used to tell your colleague um i think also thinking about as you say from a development standpoint training to be a leader i think is a huge part of what people lack i think that people are put into these positions because they show leadership qualities but actually do you know what what skill and what quality is needed when, for example, do you know when it is, as a leader, do you know when it is important to take this particular approach versus when it's important to take that approach? Picking battles is something that I've learned as, as a leader. Sometimes you just have to let some things go, which for me isn't easy. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to say that happened, take that L, not a loss, but a learning yeah. and keep it moving That's you know those, those different type of things um and i think the more we can learn from each other the better you know yeah. there are times like i said when i feel i felt great that i was able to come to you and say alian this thing's happening right. what do you think yeah and then you as 
somebody who's possibly been through it, or at least, you know, there's another standpoint to be able to say, well, okay, Janine, I'm hearing this, but have you thought about this? This, yeah. And I think having those kind of peer leadership opportunities as well. So, you know, where I work, we have team leader every three months, we have a team leader peer group where we just get together and we're like, look, this is what's happening in my team. How are you guys dealing Mm. with this? How are you guys dealing with that? And I think without that, it's very easy to read a book. You know, there's all these books, five steps to this, the seven steps of this and all other steps. But actually the, for me anyway, my learning style is definitely by doing. Right. So having people around me and having support around me is, is really important. And from all your experience so far in your career in different spheres, especially in the psychotherapy side, what would you say is one of the biggest triumphs you've had as a leader? Was one standout moment as a leader that you've had? Hmm. Hmm. Food, food for thought? <laughs> food for thought. Food for one thought. Moment as a leader. Okay, so I'll let you think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, oh, no, no, no. Got it, got it, got it. Oh, God, got it. I think, um, as, as, as I was saying, uh, Creative Locus, Lotus works nationally and internationally. Right. Um, and I think one standout moment for me from a psychotherapeutic standpoint was being able to work in Barbados. Okay, nice. And being able to see, so from a training standpoint, being able to see some light bulb moments. Ah, so you know that feeling of like when you're in a seminar, you're in a workshop and, you know, people are asking you questions, you know, energy's buzzing around the room and you just start to see people in the room go, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. get it. That's why we do this or that's why we say that. So that for me, I think is, was, was great. Nice. It's definitely one of the moments, yeah. How does Janine tackle failure head on? How do you lead through failure? Or do you? I was going to say, I think it depends. Personal failure, I take a minute to be very distressed. Right. So personal failure, definitely. I take a moment to be like, oh my gosh, what happened? How did this happen? How did it, you know, I just take a minute to be emotional because I'm aware I need that. Yes. And then once once I have done that, I'm like, well, okay, let's regroup. (laughs) Number one, Mm -hmm. nobody died. Okay, good. Number two, nobody died. Mm. So that like, for me, I'm just, I'm a perspective. I'm like, ah, followed by a perspective. Okay, good. Then what I try to do is, from a personal standpoint, I want to say personal, if if I'm not kind of leading a team that maybe the team have failed at something, so if it's like a personal thing, um, I then would say that I do, um, so I get kind of like another another kind of fact-finding evidence type mission. I try and distance myself from the Janine has failed. Right. As opposed to, something within the task that I have been doing has not gone right. Mm. Because I think if I start to feel like Janine Wilson has failed or Janine Wilson is a failure, Mm. that then becomes all encompassing. Right. Of everything. 
yeah. of everything. Right. And actually, you can fail at a task, and I'm all about the universe as well. You can fail at a task, and maybe the universe needed you to fail mm. so that you can learn something else and then go around another way and do it that other way. Right. You know? And maybe um, get even a better result. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Just because that one door closed, I'm very much, but there are 999 other doors. Right. So cool. From a group perspective, I think I allow for whatever the group needs to do. So for example, um, I know when I worked in schools, uh, we have something called Ofsted, uh, which is basically a, like a, a governing body that says whether your school is good enough or not. Right, 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 right. And I was in a school that had failed in Ofsted. Mm. So pretty much when you get that fail, that's, that's, everybody internalizes that, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, well, their part in it and stuff like that. Exactly. Oh, well, you know, if this person, if this teacher had done that, and if that child didn't do that, and if this headmaster didn't do this and all of this, and actually from a leadership standpoint, even though I wasn't the headmistress or I wasn't, sorry, the head teacher or whatever, I was a counselor working in the school at the time. It was still really important to make sure everybody was able to distance themselves from Miss Wilson failed, Mr. Smith failed. failed yeah. It was okay. There are a mixture of things that have happened here. How, what learning can we take from this? Right. How can we not make it that you as a person are a failure, but actually we have failed at a task and right. it's now about how we can gain perspective on it, take the learning mm. and keep it pushing yeah janine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gosh man um so do you from your from your explanation just now do you think you lead yourself differently to how you would lead a team and and why why would you shift your leadership in a different mm. way yeah i think that i i do and then re reversing, I guess, rewinding a little bit to the point that I made earlier about the different people that need different things. Okay. So there are people in my team that I believe require the same leadership style as I have for myself. Right. And interestingly enough, I feel those, uh, it's, it's interesting, but I think those are actually the people that I get on the best with. Right. <laughs> so like I mean, in the, t yeah. And, and like we say, probably because. I, it's easy it, it, it's bread and butter to me yeah it's like well this is what we do you know let's go i'm leading you lot exactly how i lead myself right so let's go um they appreciate it that's what they want good feedback great um but yeah but i think for example at the moment the majority of my team don't require the same leadership style as myself right number one i'm like the youngest i'm the second youngest in my team for mm. example so everybody that i lead is older than me right apart from one person which is right. interesting right, right um it's also very interesting because we talked about that dynamic when working with men but it's also interesting that my entire team is also women ah and i think even that can be a can bring a dynamic in itself it it, it um, would i would imagine yeah yeah exactly so so yeah, I think that is the reason there's a need for me to lead differently because I think it's about taking into consideration. 
repeat what you just said at the end. Oh, sorry about that. I think my microphone just began to move around a bit. No problem. Um, apologies. You're going to have to remind me where I was. <laughs> so you were saying um, leading a team of women. You have to kind of yes. think through or reconsider, um, I guess, how, how you lead them and, and what you do and what you say exactly and i'm not you know i'm not saying that that would necessarily be any different if it was a, a mixed gender team um but i just think it brings a whole new dynamic right when you're working with a team just like how if i was working with a team that were just male i think that would also bring a different dynamic dynamic those things into consideration right okay so tell us about the other parts of janine what are some of the fun facts you could share about Janine outside of psychotherapy fun facts I mean how many do you want <laughs> listen <laughs> you can share two I can share two all right uh carnival is my lifeline Ooh. yes that will be fact number one carnival is my lifeline um and hmm and traveling is my second love. So carnival okay. is my first, traveling is my second. I think without, and at the moment, you know, with, within the current climate, mm. uh, this, this lack of travel is yeah. and how really is, having how, an impact. So, the, so tell me about that. Like now that we're in a space of such uncertainty and, you know, we are kind of unsure of, what we're doing when it's gonna when things are gonna open back was mm-hmm. what's happening and for the most part most carnivals if not all around the world have been cancelled until 2021 um travel is mm-hmm. up in the air mm-hmm. some some flights are some companies are going out of business there's there's so much change that's yep. happening there's so much shifting that's happening what does that mean mm-hmm. for janine this means that I'm I'm just having to find other ways of keeping myself uplifted because right. while I love my work, I love the, the people that I work with, I love the work that I do, I look forward to my travel. Right. I think I would say definitely at least once a quarter I'm out of the country. Right. Whether that be for a carnival, whether that just be for some general rest and relaxation, I fly out, I find a beach and that's me. Uh, my affinity is with water so as soon as I can find the sea I'm at peace Mm. so I think this is it's been difficult thankfully I managed to travel at the end of February beginning of March I managed to I came over to see you guys in Barbados I was in Trinidad so thankfully I had that time so you know my feet are itching at the moment but I'm not as stressed as if I hadn't traveled since last year um but this period of uncertainty, like for so many people, is just that. It's, it's very difficult to tolerate uncertainty. You know, we like to have control of our lives. Where am I going? What am I doing? What's next on my list? What, what do I need to do next? And when control has completely been taken away from you, that's a really difficult place to be. Has it impacted your career? in any way so far and how yeah um so i have uh 
to so as I say creative lotus is my private practice from a psychotherapy standpoint a lot of people do not have money right now mm. you know they don't unfortunately for some people therapy is seen as a luxury right so actually they don't have the money every week to be paying for those therapy sessions thankfully there are some people that use you know insurance there's some people you know we, we do offer a sliding scale so there are some people that are able to continue but that's had an impact because I have lost clients you know, hopefully not for the long run, but at least for now, there are clients that have had to pause their therapeutic practice. Um, I run one of my passion projects that I run, which is a bar service, because in my in my younger years, I used to uh, run bars and do mixology and all that type of thing. Unfortunately, people's weddings have been cancelled. People, you know, there are no events taking place. So actually, if there are no events, there's no need for bars. So that's an impact um again like i say i passion project which is turning into a business is something i have called carnival concierge uh there's no carnival so there's nothing to concierge for so it's it's difficult you know it's impacted it's impacted a lot on on kind of i would say my my the entrepreneurship arm of of what i do it's impacted a lot on those things the NHS is still there. That's, that's not going anywhere. Thank God. Yeah. But the other parts, it's had a huge impact on. Mm. And for other women entrepreneurs, for other professionals out there who, you know, have really been impacted by COVID globally and also just impacted generally by the lack of need for some of the ideas or, businesses that they had running what advice if any at all that you have Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to them directly so to those that maybe were starting on their journey but for some reason it got shifted or moved or yeah keep planning right you know, keep planning. Don't, I think there's a lot of uh, talk about, oh, you know, 2020 is cancelled. You know, the year is just a pointless year. I don't think there's anything pointless in this year. Right. I think that actually, however you want to look at COVID-19, actually what I feel COVID-19 has done is it's given us time to be with ourselves. I think it's given us time to, you know, maybe be with our loved ones more. Um, There's quite a few people that I've been speaking to that are saying, you know, I don't miss work, Uh, you know, or I'm realizing that actually I'm in a job that I absolutely hate or, you know, so actually those projects, those things that you started to grow, continue to plan them, start to, to, you know, whether it's business plans, whether it's you working out how you might deliver that particular project for, on an, in an online basis, you know, because one thing that we've said about uh, the NHS from a therapeutic standpoint is that the NHS cannot go back to how it was in terms of not offering things remotely. You know, we have to move into, this is almost a forced move into the remote age, <laughs> you know, to some degree. So continue planning. If you're able to make links with people, have conversations like this, get a mentor, um, use this time as, as best as you possibly can. Equally, don't beat yourself up if you put things on pause. 
I think there's I think there's this huge thing of like oh all these people have got this time at home learn a language learn to do this learn to do that and actually this is a very stressful time for a lot of people so we need to make sure that you know if you feel you are able to keep doing keep planning blah 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 great if not take a moment chill out and come back and it's so interesting you said that I actually wrote five points um that you just mentioned, and I feel like they're transferable to whether you're an entrepreneur or even just a professional having a career, um, have a job, um, Mm. might feel secure in your job, you never know, or might feel like you haven't quite gone to your place of success yet. And what I heard from you is find a way to think about how you can pivot knowing that the online space is is really being developed and and persons are really going towards digital age even more than they were before now so Mm -hmm. one of the things you can do is try to pivot in whatever aspect you're doing whether your career entrepreneurship whatever it may be second point i took from you is planning for that change so whatever that change may be start planning and think of how can i make this actually effective and lucrative in the long run Mm-hmm. But a great point I heard you made was, you know, some persons are at home knowing or understanding now in this downtime that they don't actually like the job they're in. <laughs> yeah. so, and that is such a valid point, like mm-hmm. not feeling like you have to be stuck and you have to go back mm-hmm. to, to yeah. what you are accustomed to or the norm. So finding purpose, finding what your purpose actually yes. is. And sometimes finding yes. that purpose means this isn't the career for me or this isn't the job for yep. me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fourth point was finding a mentor, um, having someone who could, or even a peer, you know, accountability mm-hmm. partner, you know, someone who could keep you on track, um, help to keep your mindset right, even through this time. But the most beautiful point of all that I am going to take away, even for myself sometimes in taking away that blame, it's okay to do nothing. Can we have a, a moment of silence for that? <laughs> <laughs> it is okay to do nothing. Because I, I feel like there's this pressure of you have to come out of this on the other side like a rock star. You got mm-hmm. you know, to come out. And there's this whole talk about the other side. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, actually, we're still 2024. We're still, kind of, we're still here. Yeah, like, it's okay. <laughs> we're all right. So I, I know, tell, you know there's a lot of people who don't feel like they're okay, but yeah, if you are okay, like you're all right. You're all, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, 2020 it's, is still a year. We're going to be still, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Janine, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I feel like there are so many questions I have. Well, at the same time, I feel like we've tightly packed mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. so much, <laughs> and I'm yeah, sure we yeah, could do yeah. a part two to this at some later point. But one of my final questions to you would be if there's anything at all you can share any general advice you feel could work for any career goer, any professional woman, any professional generally who really wants to either grow, shift, or elevate themselves as a leader what would that advice be? Follow your intuition. Mm. 
if you feel this isn't the job for you, move. Right. If you, you have been growing apples in your backyard and you want to start a cider business, start the cider business. Right. Just follow. Just follow. Like we say, I don't, I don't, I stole this from my brother, but I don't take L's as losses. I take them as learnings. Mm. And actually the worst that can happen with you following your intuition or following that little voice saying, yeah, do that, do that. Is that it don't work. Yeah. And then it's either you say, okay, it didn't work. I'm going to go back, finish working in Sainsbury's or you find out it didn't work and you try another way. Yeah. Or you try something different. So just, just follow that intuition and keep pushing. Follow that intuition and keep pushing. Good mm-hmm. advice, man. Thank you so much, Janine. It's been Thank a pleasure. And I wish you every bit of success in any and every venture that you're going to have going forward. Um, I looking, I'm looking forward to seeing all of these businesses and adventures you have growing and flourishing. Yes. Well, yes, yes, 2021. Yes. And... Um, yes. Yeah, man, let's keep this, let's keep this conversation going and growing with others because not everyone is, what I recognize, not everyone is as comfortable, you know, capturing their thoughts and their moments on video and being interviewed, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's going to be some woman out there or some professional out there, woman or male, who's going to watch this and, and or hear this. And there's something that they're going to be inspired by, I'm sure. And all because yeah. of you. So I thank you so much. For- oh, thank you so <laughs> thank much. You so thank much you for having me. You. And until next time, until when we mm-hmm. catch up again, I look mm-hmm. forward to seeing your growth. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.